0: Give me a hell yeah!
1: Welcome back to another episode of Staying Onside. I'm your host Isaac Ming, and joining me, as he does every single episode, my co-host and the in-game host of the Vancouver Giants, and some may say more popular than the players themselves, Cam Miller. Cam, how's it going on this snowy Tuesday afternoon? I'm pretty good. It's
0: been pretty hectic around the hockey world. I just got to ask, uh, why'd you throw <laughs> throw that last part in there? That was pretty funny.
1: After Giants games, we do on Sundays we do post game skates and. I swear, more kids are coming up to you than some of the players that get autographs, and I find it so funny.
0: It's true. It, it is pretty funny, and uh, I've signed some arms, uh, jerseys, helmets. I always disclaimer. I do always let the kids know that I am not a player. That I'm just the guy on the microphone that they see on the jumbotron at the game, and that I'm not a player. But most of them don't uh, care know, though, which is pretty most cool. Most of them don't care. They're like, "No, I know who you are. Like, I want you to sign my helmet." I'm like, "Okay, man. I'm just another guy." But
1: you know, what? like you—if you, Maybe... you guys—if you guys think that we're just two schnubs, like, no, this this guy—I'm—I'm I'm the schnub. I am—I'm a nobody. This Cam Miller guy. She even go look at the comments on TikTok on on the <laughs> post. More Cam Miller content.
0: I have made it on the Giants Instagram before. That was pretty cool. Um, but you know what? Maybe that autograph will be worth something one day. Once this podcast uh, gets
1: big. One day. One day. One day so we have a pretty crazy show ahead of us um today is tuesday the 2nd of february or no it's the 28th of february i'm looking at my calendar last day of february last day of february it is um and it's pretty much the it's pretty much the trade deadline today i don't know i think all the trades are gonna kind of get done today and then on friday is not gonna be much to break so in the last like I don't know. What would you say the last four days has been pretty much majority of all the trades have been happening?
0: Yeah, since Sunday, Saturday, kind of on the weekend. Um, you hit the nail on the head, though. With there's not going to be anything left for Friday, I so know. it's kind of nice because we can get this podcast done. And most of the trade, most of the big trades are already done, so we can discuss them. I think the first trade that happened was that um, Orlov Hathaway one with Boston.
1: Yep, I was going to say the O'Reilly one kind of felt like it kicked everything into into place for most of the trades going on. But the first official big trade that kind of really happened was the Boston uh, Orlov and Hathaway to Boston from Washington. It was a three-team trade. There's a, a lot of picks going around, but Minnesota also uh, was in on that trade taking back cap 25% of Orlov. But it's pretty much Orlov and Hathaway for a cap dump and Craig Smith a prospect that i don't really want to attempt to say his name a first a second third all in the next three years and then washington also retained 50 percent of orlov so um boston as they are the best team in the league they're just a, a wagon i don't know they're just getting better
0: it's crazy they rival what what year was that when tampa just went nuts was that 2019 that was 2019 right
1: eighteen nineteen, i think
0: yeah yeah when they lost to the blue jackets in the first round but that, that Blue Jackets team was good, though. <laughs> it was good. I don't know how they were a wild card. Anyways, yeah, like, this Boston team is unbelievable, and we'll we'll get into it more later because they, they played the Canucks on the weekend, so we'll break that down a little bit as well. Um, but this Boston team has a ridiculous record, and they're just getting better um, with this trade deadline they acquired. Orlov and Hathaway um, for... Like you said, Craig Smith, a prospect. But the main part of this trade was those picks. They had to give up a, a first, second, and third, which it's it's quite a bit of draft capital. But like we said, Boston's going all in this year. They've already got an amazing team. They're just adding to it by adding a piece in Hathaway, who he's not amazing, but he's like a good third-line energy guy that has some decent scoring. Uh, he scored 14 goals last year. Um, he's up to 9 goals and 8 assists this year. And he's already got 1 assist in 2 games with the Bruins.
1: I'd say Hathaway is definitely one of the better uh, bottom 6 guys in the league, for sure. Yeah, him, him he's, he's renowned.
0: Yeah, he's a bigger guy too, so he had some size there. And um, But I think the main piece of this trade was Orlov. He is a shutdown defensive defenseman. And they've already got a stacked blue line so he won't have yeah. to play top line minutes like he was in Washington. You know, he can come in and be that you know, second pairing or potentially even third pairing defenseman for the Bruins and go against some of those third and fourth lines.
1: Well that's something I was gonna bring up as well. That defense is unreal. I know. Like having Orlov like I think they have Orlov playing aside McAvoy right now. And then Okay so he's just-
0: playing top pairing.
1: But then, even just having your second pairing be Lindholm and uh, Carlo, like it's, yeah. it's a it's a big defense defense core, and Orlov just makes it so much better.
0: Big and good defensively and offensively. Like Lindholm um, is having a good offensive year this year. Obviously, we know what McAvoy can do on the back end, uh, on the power play, and even even strength. So they've got a good two way defensive core, which is super important
1: for a, a cup contending team like that. So yeah. And then kind of getting into some of the other trades that weren't as big just in the last little bit. Um, Winnipeg got Nino Niederreiter for a second round pick from Nashville. Montreal and Dallas swapped uh, Russians. Gurionov's R- Russian, right? I believe so, yeah. Uh, Dennis Gurionov went to the Canadians and the, uh, Evgeny Dadunov went to the Stars. And then St. Louis sent Ivan Barbashev to the Golden Knights for Zach Dean. Uh, anything you want to touch so, on in these last three last two trades here?
0: Zach Dean, he was on the World Junior team, right? Yep. Yeah, I actually liked him on the on the Junior team. Former first-round pick, I think. The Blues made out well with that trade, to be honest. I think all the other ones are pretty even. Not much to say. Um, Gordiana for Dadanov, just swapping um, wingers, middle six wingers uh, to fairly medium cap hits. Uh, Winnipeg getting a middle six winger in Niederreiter for a second. Um, but I think St. Louis did well on getting Zach Dean there, former first round pick for Ivan Barbashev, who I don't think is like a great player. He's probably
1: a third liner. So yeah, he's a good middle six guy.
0: Yeah, he's, he's definitely right.
1: having an, uh, a better year than most or than other years. But I don't know. I think St. Louis is doing a really good job at uh, selling off their big name big name players and getting some prospects and picks in in return for them. So I think. So far they're they've won the not won the the trade deadline, but I think they're doing a very good job for their team in the future.
0: Yeah, they're a team we actually have to watch out for in the tank race. So they're they're getting worse and obviously we, we got two points on them the other day, so look unneeded, out St. Louis. They could be on their points. way to the bottom. I know.
1: <laughs> and then the Jets also got Nina Reiner, which uh, the Jets are I think they've been losing lately, which is kinda of sucky for them but i think nina rider is a good uh bottom middle six uh winger to bring in some scoring for them that they need at least and then moving on a little bit um uh, probably the biggest trade i guess we'll just get into it right now the big trade that kind of happened over the the weekend was timo meyer went to the new jersey devils and it was a big trade i think i don't even want to count how many how many players and picks are in here i would say over, there's definitely over 10 in here.
0: Yeah, I guess that's why it took so long to get the.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh. it was it was about three or four hours before um, we actually got to find out what the return was. We heard about it, right?
0: Yeah, and we were all like patiently waiting, and then uh, while that happened, there were well, there were games being played while this this trade was still processing technically. So um, I don't recognize any of the. The names in there, actually, I think they're all, I kind of looked into them and they're all just kind of like second or third round prospects, kind of B-grade prospects. Going back to San Jose there, nothing crazy. Wow.
1: Um, I'm about to break a trade right on, live on podcast right now. Okay, okay. Matias Eckholm just went to the Edmonton Oilers with a sixth round pick. And to Nashville, okay. it's Tyson Berry, Reed Schaefer, this year's first, and fourth round pick. Wow, yeah, that's like, oh, um, have to think this kind of but- this kind of kills what I was gonna. I had a topic that I want to get in on the Edmonton Oilers, and this kind of just destroyed it. I don't, <laughs> I don't really think this is just initial thoughts looking at it. I don't know if this is that great of a trade. You're giving for the Oilers, or yeah, for the I'm Oilers. Sure. I don't know who Richafer is. I assume he's a prospect but I don't think hey, Ekholm's getting older. Yeah. Do you have any initial thoughts? Why I kind of searched? up.
0: All I know about is Matias Ekholm. He's like, he's a solid defensive defenseman. Oh, and
1: do you know oh, what his cap looks like? Ekholm. Yeah. Isn't it like 7.5 for the next five years? All right. A little bit less 6.2 for the next four but, or for the next three after the season. But okay. I, that's that's a lot. That's a lot, I,
0: but he's good. He's way better than Barry, and he's yeah. he's more of what yeah. the
1: Oilers need. Like he
0: fills a better no, I know a bigger need for the Oilers, and you I'll gotta be- try to win
1: while you have McDavid and Drysaddle. No, so, I, I, I that's what I was gonna get into about my Oilers thing. I'll just say it right now, I think they should have gone after um, Jacob Chikrin. I think he would have fit yeah. in a lot, a lot better. He's 24, and he's still got a little bit of term on his deal, so it's not like he's gonna be a rental. I just, I have to see how this works out. I'm not a huge fan of this trade. I like Matthias Ekholm. I just think it's a little much to give up for him. A first for him is a little, a little crazy.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree with you on this one. I like this trade for the Oilers. Uh, like I said, you kind of gotta try to win while you have McDavid yep. having the season he's having. Hit just hit 50 goals and he's on an unbelievable pace again um and dry saddle obviously you've got to try to shore up that defense and that's exactly what they're doing with acquiring a and they were able to move cap while doing it i know um tyson Berry's not bad but he doesn't he's not the type of defenseman that the oilers need they've got bouchard and nurse although i've heard awful things about nurse i don't, I don't really watch too many oilers games other than when they play the canucks but um, I know Nurse gets hated on a lot because his cap hits like 9.5 and he's
1: awful defensively I don't blame that Like, it's an awful contract for Nurse but I don't really blame Nurse or the Oilers for having to give that one out because at that time pretty much every single defenseman was getting 9 million there's definitely some worse contracts than Nurse but it's not a great contract to build your defense core around
0: yeah and Ekholm just adds another bad another... contract <laughs> No, it's not a bad contract, though. That's the I, thing. Is I don't, I don't, think, don't think it's
1: a bad contract. I don't think he's worth six million. Okay. Maybe like maybe a couple years ago, but he's thirty-two now. I feel like he's kind of he's just gonna get worse and he's, as he gets older, right? So, but no, so I not do. He's only signed until he's like thirty-nine. He's only signed until he's thirty-five, right? Yeah, thirty-six. But I, I agree that like Edmonton should be doing as like everything they can to get as many good players as they can because they're just wasting they're just wasting their time right now.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll bring this up later in the podcast, but let's get back to the Meyer trade.
1: I was about to say, yeah, you get you go back on what you were saying. I kind of interrupted you with that. It's okay. I don't really remember,
0: but I think I was just saying San Jose got a boatload of prospects back, um, none of which are really huge. Like they didn't get Holtz, Namex, Mercer, which everyone thought if you made a t- this type of deal with the Devils. Deal with the devil. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a good one. You would you would be getting Holtz or Mercer or even Nemex in well, return. But and that's where, that's didn't... where
1: I think San Jose lost out on. Like they got a whole yeah. lot of prospects and picks. But it's like if you're not getting if you're not getting one of those three or four, I I'd throw Luke. I, people were throwing Luke Hughes' name in there. I thought he's definitely an untouchable. But if you're yeah. not getting one of their top like four prospects there, then you lost because. What do you? Why are you making this trade for Timo Meyer? Is there no better? Was there no better package out there?
0: Maybe not. I mean, I think Meyer's a good player. He's essentially point per game, with 31 goals. He's going to be a 40 goal scorer. Um, he can play wing or center, and you know he's got a six million dollar cap hit, same as Besser. But I don't know. I think Meyer's a good player, and I think they could have gotten more for him. And I think if they were going to make this deal with the devils, they should have tried to get Mercer Holtz or I, I don't think they would have traded nemex but yeah, Mercer like, Holtz for sure.
1: Yeah. And like, and that's what I thought. Like I thought at least one of those guys was 100% in the trade and they came out with, I guess the big name is Fabian Zetterland, and I don't know much about him, but everyone's kind of saying he's just like a, a bottom, like a very good bottom six guy, which if that's the, mm-hmm. if that's the, the best, pro, uh, the best, I don't know what I'm trying to say. If well, that's the best player you got out of the trade, then I think that's a like pretty bad loss. He,
0: this Zedronen, he's 23. He's got six goals and 14 assists in 45 games played. And he was a former third round pick. Like, it's a former third round pick compared to former first round picks. I think you should have tried, like, we've already discussed this, but you should have tried to get someone better out of this deal
1: rather than a plethora of be great prospects i mean shakir makamadoulin i hope i said that right he's a pretty good defensive prospect he's 21 six foot two guy that's yeah. definitely one of the i'm sure that was part of the a big part of the trade as well but you know what, think, yeah he I was a, think they lost trade yeah he was a first round pick i guess too but you can't really um, say i wish they got more because they they got a whole basket full of picks and players but yeah no i, I don't know
0: Higher end, not necessarily exactly. more, but higher exactly, end.
1: Exactly, yeah. I would have
0: if I was San Jose, I would have sacrificed a couple of those players to maybe get a higher end player.
1: Anyways. And I don't even know what the point of making that trade right then and there was because you still have a little you he's still gonna be the best forward on the market. People are still gonna look out for him, right? So you just got you I guess keep you keep getting the bids up, but I don't know. What do I, I know? Mean, sometimes the, the
0: offers dwindle as the trade deadline approaches as is. teams start filling other needs. Um, we kind of saw that with Miller last year where the Canucks just I think they wanted to trade him. We just waited too long last year. Yeah. Anyways, um, the next big trade that really happened was Geno to the Lightning from Nashville. So Tampa Bay acquired Tanner Geno from Nashville in exchange for Cal Foot. A twenty twenty five top ten protected first round pick, a twenty twenty four second, a twenty twenty three third, and a couple fourths and fifth round picks in there.
1: Yeah, Tanner's no just pretty much just got a better deal than Timo Meyer in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean not quite better,
1: but approximately I mean, the same it value. It's pretty much the same value, and they're not anywhere close to the same player. And I and I understand no. that. Tampa I don't know Tampa does this every year they did it with Hagel they they kind of did it with Coleman and Goudreau. It's it's a typical Tampa trade I'm, I don't know why everyone gets all surprised when they throw all this kind of these picks and this player over for a, a third liner fourth liner Tanners was a very yeah. good player he's having an underwhelming year and I and I'm I'm totally sure he's going to have he's going to thrive in Tampa and probably do what Hagel's doing right now and just turn it on and, and be the be the best player that he can be. But Hagel, Paul, Colton, exactly, exactly. All those guys. It's just at the end of the day, you still gave up so much for what he's not even worth. Like I, I, have a guy at work that's a huge Tampa Bay Lightning fan, and he and he told me this wasn't a bad trade. He said it's a good deal and it's fair. Obviously, everyone all over Twitter and all the guys at work are all telling him he's a he's an idiot, right? But. He's totally set on that. Kalfo is just a waste of a player. He doesn't think he's an NHL player, which uh, he's still kind of young. I'd I'd give him a chance on the Canucks. Took him, but I just I, I don't know. Like the, the way I was explaining him to, is that it's a good move, but it's an awful trade. Does that make sense? Kind of.
0: It's it's tough to break down. I do like the move, like you said. I do like the move for Tampa. They get a a third line player that likes to hit. He can score, yeah, like, like you said. He's having an player. underwhelming year. Yeah, he's having an underwhelming year, um, but he's not that bad of a player. And I actually have his, I have his J Fresh card here too, which is also pretty underwhelming. Um, <laughs> he had a good year last year. He ranked in the top, um, near the top seventy-five percent of war, but he's way down this year, um, down in the in the bottom percent. He's down to bottom. Uh, thirty-three percent. So he's in the bottom third of the league in terms of forwards, um, in wins above replacement, and his defense isn't that good either. Um, it's even lower. It's in the bottom twenty-two percent. So,
1: oh yeah, I don't know. It's it's a like I said, good move, bad trade. You definitely could have gotten a. It's like Hagel. Like you didn't have to give up that much for Hagel. I feel like you definitely could have gotten gotten him for a little less, but. I feel like on the Tampa Bay side of things, I just feel like when they want a player, they're just gonna get them, and they're not gonna let anyone think about it. It's just more of a okay, yeah, I have them.
0: And you know what? It's worked. First round picks yeah. don't always win cups. Yep. Players win cups. So, and Tampa Bay has two of those in the last three years. So, yeah. can't really can't really knock it till. Um, you know, that twenty twenty five first round picks turns out to be a superstar or anything.
1: So hey, top ten protected. You never know.
0: That's the thing, is
1: it might not even be a
0: first round pick. So
1: So kind of moving on, Toronto made a trade, which uh I was, what's up?
0: Sorry, I was gonna say I want to talk about Toronto here for a second. If we just
1: Yeah just I, focus on Toronto. Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty and two fifth round picks for Joey Anderson, Pavel Gogolov, Gogolev, and then Gogolev, a 2025 yeah. 20, first, a 2026 20, second. And they and Chicago retained 50 uh, percent of McCabe.
0: Yeah. See, I think this pick I think this trade is funny for Chicago cuz the Kane trade just came out today and they got more for Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty
1: than they got for Patrick Kane. I mean, it's a little bit of a different situation, but it's still it's still funny to look I at. I know. And see that, right? I know. Even I know even know got more.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I like this trade for Chicago and the Leafs. There's I not really. Like the I Leafs. don't really. No. Why?
1: I don't think Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty are worth first round picks or Maybe second with them. I understand they're in 2025 and 2026, but I, yeah, I I don't know, like. You're getting a third pair of D-man and a fourth line center, third line center for a first and a second. I don't, I don't know. It's it's, it's like, like I I understand. I I know why the move had to happen. I just it's when
0: more I, than just go on. No, you're in the middle of something.
1: No, I don't know. I just think it's it's a little rich for what the, I feel like you could have gotten some a little bit better for your first and second. But yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan of this trade for the Leafs, but. It is what it is. It's the Leafs. I don't care.
0: <laughs> it's it's similar to Edmonton. And when we were talking about this, I wanted to bring the Leafs up. You gotta win while you have Matthews, Nylander, Marner, Tavares, yeah,
1: Jake McCabe, and like, Sam Lafferty pushing you over the edge.
0: Maybe Sam <laughs> Lafferty's a great pa- penalty killer. Right? Unless he's, Sam I Lafferty,
1: gonna... unless Sam Lafferty scores the biggest goal in Toronto Maple Leafs history and sends him to the second round, I'll I'll eat my socks.
0: You know what? The Leafs don't need top six guys. They don't need top six guys. Their top six is shored up. So you know what? I'm fine giving up a 2025 conditional first for Sam Lafferty, who's going to help your PK significantly. He's going to help your third line significantly. He fits into that bottom six extremely well. I think for Toronto, I think this is a good trade, and I, I quite like this trade for Toronto.
1: No, um, like it's, I, I'm, I'm sure it's what they need, and like I, I don't watch Toronto Maple Leafs games, and nor will I ever. It's, it, I'm sure it's something they need it, but I just think it's a very rich, uh, rich cost for bottom six guys. Honestly,
0: from what we're seeing at this deadline, that's what the price is. Yep. If you think no, yeah, about totally it, is. if you think about it from the Canucks perspective, it would be like us trading Shen and Dakota Joshua. I think we could get a first for both of those players. Shen, on his own, as we saw, gets a third.
1: see, like um, if if it was Joshua and Shen, we got a first, like I'd laugh. I don't think they're worth that. but if i, I I'll take it, but like I'm not gonna both say them. Both, both of them
0: at a, but yeah, but both them together to Toronto, for example, they're they're ba- they're making league minimum. Dakota Joshua is on the he's a pKer. Shen is. I don't know. Jake McCabe is kind of comparable to Shem. I think I think McCabe's a little bit better.
1: Yeah, if if it was Shen and Joshua to the Leafs for for a first and whatever this package was, I'd call my buddy. That's a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and I'd say thank you, and then I'd hang up. That's I what I think. I'd
0: Lafferty's do. Lafferty's better than Joshua too. So maybe oh, it wasn't sure. the greatest yeah. comparison. But no, it's, what I'm trying no, to say I, is, I get what you mean. What I'm trying to say is, these are the type of moves Toronto needs to make if they want to make it past the first round, yep. they won't look back. They won't look back. If they, if they make it past the first round and pass the second round and you know, maybe they get knocked out in the third, they won't look back in two years and be like, Oh, I really wish we hadn't given up that 2025 first round pick. But if they get knocked out of the first round this year and don't make this move Leafs fans. And I think the Leafs themselves are like, Oh, we should have traded something at the, something at the deadline for to, to add more Depth and special teams help for in the playoffs um, to get past that first round. So I don't think this is a move you regret making.
1: I just see it as a desperate dubious move. Like, like I said, I just think it's a good move. They they probably they need the the depth D man and the depth at forward. It's just I think you could have gone them at a cheaper cost. That's all I'm saying. I I feel like you could have gone some a little nicer with your first. I understand it's a 2025 first, so it's in a couple of years. It's also conditional. Yeah, i, I I'm kind of done with this trade. I, I don't really want to... <laughs> I just feel like I'm just going to keep crapping on it. I just think... I feel like you could have gotten something a little nicer, that's all.
0: Okay, fair enough. Staying with the Leafs, though, they made two more trades today. They traded Sandine to the Capitals for Eric Gustafsson and that Boston 2023 first-round pick. What are your thoughts on that trade?
1: So this actually just happened around... When I got back from lunch, it was around 1 o'clock, and I checked Twitter, and... It took me by surprise just because I did not see them trading Rasmus Sandin, especially to the Capitals. I, was, I mean, I wish I got we got Sandin, but I'm not giving a first and whatever. I don't know too much about Eric Gustafson. I know he, he played for Chicago for a bit and he was pretty good there. I think it's a win for Toronto, honestly. They got their first from this year, so they can probably replace Sandin with a pick. I don't think Sandin was trending all too well with Toronto. He was always playing on their on their third pair. I think it's a rich, uh, it's it's rich for Capitals to give that up for Sandin. I don't know. I don't think it's too big, too bad of a trade. I think it. I think both teams get what they need.
0: Yeah, I don't think Gustafsson's a huge give up for the Capitals. It doesn't I'm, really I'm make gonna, a difference for them.
1: I'm gonna correct it. It's Gustafson.
0: Gustafson, my bad. Yeah, that's all good. Eric Gustafson. Um, but I think that 2023 first, although it is Boston, so it's probably gonna be pretty late. I think it's, from the Capitals' perspective, it's a good trade to get Sandine, who's a more proven prospect, I guess, than what you could have got in a late first. Yeah, he's 22. Although this, this draft is good. Um, but from Toronto's perspective, you get more draft capital back. Which is good, because you just gave up a lot for...
1: You just you gave that, that crazy 2025 first for Jake McCabe.
0: <laughs> yeah, but now you get this 2023 first back, yeah. and I think it looks a lot better. Um, your your draft capital looks a lot better with this, with this pick. So I don't really want to talk about this for too long, other than, yeah, Sandin would have been nice to trade for from the Canucks' perspective, but oh from God, what I hear... About the lease, yeah, I wouldn't want to give up a 2023 first for him. Well, we didn't, we, there's no way we'd give our 2023 first, but yeah, he's their seventh D-man, and they essentially got a first round pick for their seventh man. so
1: yeah. And they also made a couple other trades, they got a third for Pierre Angval, where he's going to the Islanders, and then we'll talk about this trade a little bit more later, but they also got Shen from uh, the Canucks for another third, which I'm not too mad about. It. I wish we could have gone a little bit more, but it's a a very realistic trade.
0: Yeah, it's realistic. I was not disappointed, but not happy when I saw it, or like not ecstatic. I was like, yeah, okay, exactly. this is fair.
1: Kind of moving on from the Leafs, though. Carolina had a pretty pretty good buy today. They bought on Jesse Pugliarvi from the Oilers for Patrick Puistola, I don't, I don't, yeah. know, no clue who that guy is. I'm sure he's just a uh, Oh, let's let's click on his name. Oh, never mind. He doesn't have a page on Sportsnet. So, <laughs> so Jesse Puljuari is a, a a Hurricane today. Uh, just quickly touching on that, I think it's a good move for Puljuari, and I think it's a good move for the Canes. Um, they're kind of becoming Team Finland of the league, where we're becoming Team Sweden and Russia. Not even Sweden anymore. We're straight up Russia. I, I think it's a good move. Puljuari played with Aho and Teravinen and. Uh, I was gonna say Kakanyemi. He didn't play with Kakanyemi, but Kaky is also finished. But they all play together in world juniors together when they're all coming up in the draft. And that was they were a part of the, one of the deadlier lines And for that team Finland. I'm pretty sure they won gold that year, so I think it's a good trade. I, I think uh Puyarvi can maybe rejuvenate his career and get ahead of himself.
0: Yeah, and I know that Oilers were looking to trade Puyarvi and from their perspective, I think they were just looking to get rid of his three million dollar cap hit to make a trade which we obviously saw that happen in Ekholm so they were just waiting to get rid of PRV so that they could make a make a trade for a defenseman but I think it's a win for them because they ended up getting a decent prospect I, I got Patrick P- Puistola's page up here he's a former third round pick of the Hurricanes um, he's playing in the Liga right now which is the Finnish league. Having a pretty good year over there. He's got 15 goals, 23 assists for 38 points in 56 games as a 22-year-old winger. So that's pretty solid. Um, Like I said, a former third-round pick. So getting any type of asset in return for Pujarvi is a win for the Oilers, I think.
1: Yeah. So moving on from the current trades that have happened, uh, there's another few Canucks trades that we'll get in on the Canucks side of things. Uh, I kind of want to talk about how we'll we'll still kind of talk about trading in a sense, but isn't it weird that the East is so stacked this time around, yeah. and and the West is pretty much they're all quiet, they're pretty much doing nothing. I feel like the only team that's kind of made a tra- like a sensible trade is Vegas getting uh, Ivan Barbashev, but that's pretty much it. Winnipeg also made the Niederreiter trade, but that's not really really that Edmonton. big uh yeah i guess the Ekholm trade just kind of came in so but yeah, it's, it's so- not it's definitely not what the east is doing the east is gonna be a crazy playoffs especially the race to get into playoffs is gonna be pretty nuts but there's definitely a few teams that are still yet to make a few moves carolina is definitely one of them yeah they just got pulley arby but i feel like that's not really the move that is gonna kind of push them over the edge because rangers just stacked up uh I mean I can kind of talk about it now. The Kane trade is pretty much confirmed at this point. Um it'll it's going to get it's yeah. going to get broken in the next few days. If the Rangers don't win the cup this year, they I feel like they are the biggest bust in <laughs> in recent years because that team on paper is so gross. Yeah. Especially with Bot. They're they're really going all out this year. Oh yeah, like in my opinion the best two like after this Kane trade, I think the best two teams is Boston and, and New York. And and then even after that, like I think the the top six teams in the East are better than the the number one team in the West. Is that yeah, a hot take? It's crazy to think that. No, it's not
0: a hot take because it's crazy to think that New York, who you just said is probably the second best team on paper, is third in their division. They're still behind the Devils in Carolina, and you know same with Tampa, right? They're third in their division, which is unreal. Whereas if you look at the West, you got teams like. You know, Minnesota, like Minnesota is not bad, I guess, but Minnesota, Winnipeg, Seattle making the playoffs. And then yeah, out, out East, you got teams like Pittsburgh, Buffalo, the Islanders, um, Detroit. who would, yeah. Like they're all battling for playoff spots. And in the, in the West, it's just, it's not the same level. It's not the same caliber of, of team. Like the best team in the, in the West, points wise is the vegas golden knights with 76 points and that would put them in a
1: wild card spot in the east and and even then unreal when you think about it Well, even then like for the wild card in the east like i'd from one to seven they're all pretty much battling for that wild card spot i'd say ottawa's pretty much still in it they have some games in hand and they're only at 62 points where new york islanders are in first with 63 games and they have 69 so it's the, yeah. the the east is so close whereas in the west it's like i think it it kind of dies off after nashville not even i don't even think nashville's even no nashville's selling off right now so they're not yeah
0: it's basically Winnipeg,
1: seattle calgary battling for a playoff yeah it, that's pretty much what it is and, um it's definitely uh, definitely sad to see this year because the west uh, can't really say usually the west is good i mean back in the day they were the definitely the better division but you can get
0: back in since twenty fourteen, like the mid twenty ten. Yeah, m- sorry, the mid the mid. Uh, we good. <laughs> about twenty ten, yeah, from the Canucks were twenty ten to like twenty sixteen, which sucks because why couldn't the West be bad now? Or sorry, why couldn't the West be good now when the Canucks are bad? Exactly, and we're trying to tank, but oh uh, well, because the
1: bottom Just bottom my- four to five teams in the league are pretty much all in the West. So I, I don't know what that tells yeah. you, but the West is pretty disappointing this year. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, those those Eastern Conference playoffs are definitely going to be super fun to watch, though. Um, right now, we're looking at, I believe it's another Tampa Leafs first-round matchup, which is going to be super fun to watch. Um, you got a Devils-Rangers first-round matchup, and then Boston versus Pittsburgh, and Carolina versus the New York Islanders, which those are great first-round matchups. And then, obviously, moving on from there, um, it's going to be a super in- entertaining playoffs
1: to watch out East. I don't usually watch like playoffs as close as I would like to, but I think this year I'm definitely watching as many East games as possible because every single one of those games is going to be good.
0: Yeah, if Buffalo makes this, if Buffalo makes the playoffs, I, I'm that's going to be my team. That's going to be I'm cheering for
1: Buffalo. But. Okay, get by on yeah. that. I do. I would like to yeah. see the Rangers. I think that'd be pretty cool uh the devils i wouldn't be opposed carolina I wouldn't be opposed to winning the cup as long as it's not boston toronto <laughs> I, I could care less whenever pittsburgh i'll probably be cheering no oh, go on i'll probably be cheering
0: for the lightning yeah to be honest Yeah, that's yeah.
1: after the canucks tampa has just... always been my second second team i always cheer for and that's not being bandwagon okay. i've always just like stamkos but
0: yeah for me it's just by default I don't like the Devils because my uncle is a Devils fan. I don't like Boston and Toronto for obvious reasons. And then the Rangers. I want to like the Rangers, yeah, and same. I actually used to like them. Um, They're very hateable. But my buddy is a... Not even that. It's just my, my friend is a Rangers fan. Wow. Like He's a huge Rangers it's, fan. It's funny how so, those kind of
1: things are. Hey.
0: By default, I like to cheer against them. Yeah.
1: But uh, okay. staying on trade talk for a little bit here, just, just to end it all off, There's still players that haven't been traded that are to be traded, like our own Brock Besser. It sounds like he is going to end up being a Pittsburgh Penguin. We'll talk about that later on in the show. Just refreshing my Twitter, see if anything's kind of happening. Oh, wow. Rob Rossi just tweeted Oh, That's kind of crazy that this just happened. Uh, Source with each of Penguins and Canucks say they don't believe Brock Besser is headed to the Penguins. What? So that was of 6.15 p.m. on Tuesday. That would have been nice just to kind of get that over and over and done with. You know, who's Rob Rossi anyways? You know, is he a viable source? No. <laughs> he is a checkmark beside his name.
0: Nah, whatever. It is a, doesn't it, mean anything. It's a legacy
1: one too. So it's not like it was bought. <laughs> he's, he's a okay. senior writer at The Athletic. So he, oh, okay. he's, a, he's a name. I don't know how much I want to trust him at this point just because I don't want to. But kind of moving on. We'll talk about that in a little bit here. But. There's still some big names on the board, as in number two of the TSN trade bait board. Uh, kind of updated this morning with all the new players out. Is Jacob Chikrin? Jacob Chikrin is number two on this trade bait. Uh, I feel like he's been linked to LA for the last however many weeks, and it's just, nothing's happening with him. Do you see anything?
0: I don't know, man. He's been linked everywhere. It should be a, a drinking game at this point. Every time <laughs> you know Puck Empire someone tweets about. Jacob Chicken being linked to a new team, like take a shot or something. yeah. Um, but I swear because I've heard every single team's name in on the Jacob Chicken sweepstakes. But I think, I don't know. The Kings have been linked to him, but the Kings don't really need
1: like they don't need defense defense no. really?
0: Like that's not their problem. So, you know, before the Ekholm trade, I would have thought the Oilers, like you said mentioned earlier, would try to go in on him,
1: which I think is a better. Um, I think he'd be a better pickup than Ekholm, but
0: Oh, 100%. percent. He's got less of a cap hit. He's younger and he's better. Like, and he's not—he's not—he
1: wouldn't be a like a buy-in right now. He'd—he's be on their team for a while, oh, and they'd probably have to resign him too, right? Because they're getting rid of Tyson Berry's uh, contract.
0: He's a franchise piece,
1: yeah. and I feel like he would so. fit perfectly there. But or uh, I guess Arizona wasn't wanting what they were giving up. So, or maybe Evanson just wasn't checking yeah. in on him. Who knows?
0: Yeah, who knows? Although they—I've heard their names thrown in. So I think they were checking in, but maybe Arizona just doesn't want to trade him within the division.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair.
0: Um, another Which also rules out... Well, I guess Arizona's in the Central now, right? So Yeah, they are in the since Central since Seattle came Seattle, in. Seattle,
1: yeah. But another pretty big name that's been kind of out there is Tyler Bertuzzi. He has 14 yep. points in 28 games this year, which isn't too bad. He's 27 years old, UFA at the end of this year, and he has a $5 million contract.
0: I think the Red Wings are going to hold on to him, though, because... I think they're going to be able to re-sign him for about the same, like 5 million. And I, I don't know where I saw the stat and I don't know exactly like the stat, but I remember seeing somewhere that the the Red Wings have a significantly better record when they play with Tyler Bertuzzi versus when they don't. Hmm. And it's, it is a significant difference. It's like, what do you say? You played 28 games. Yep. So that's essentially like half the season so far. Um, so let's, split the season into. I think they're like I I think I saw saw a stat where they're like 19 and 9 when they have Tyler Bertuzzi and they're like the opposite when they don't have him like 9 and 19 so like it was a drastic difference
1: yeah so just a couple more names I'm going to bring up here Uh, Max Domi is still in Chicago and he's having a pretty good year by the looks of it he has 49 points in 59 games UFA at the end of the season, three million. I feel like that's a pretty good pickup for a for a team that's really trying to go through with it.
0: Yeah, um, he he'd be a solid pickup. I don't think, I th- I think he's another name that doesn't end up getting traded. I'm not sure why. It's just a gut feeling on that one. No really, uh, uh, st- statistical reasons to back me up there. Just a gut feeling. Chicago's already made a bunch of deals, so Very fair enough. I feel like they hold on to Domi there.
1: Yeah. And then the last one. I feel like this one's kind of a, an obvious one, but I'll just kind of bring it up anyways. Eric Carlson, seventy seven points this year, but the the big the big thing about him is that he has eleven and a half million dollar contract for the next four years. Do you see him getting moved?
0: Oh man, that's a it's a tough contract to move. He helps any and team out.
1: Any, he's their best defenseman on any team right now. Nah, uh, maybe not any team, but you know what I mean. So you're saying he's the best defenseman in the NHL? I think he's gonna win the Norris this year. Yeah.
0: Man, that's a, that's a take and a half. Um, I, I, I think he's points. definitely one of the... I think he's one of the best offensive defensemen in the NHL. Yep. But when you have guys like Yossi, Makar, Hedman in the league... Uh, I
1: mean, those guys aren't going to be trading you know, for Eric Carlson. I meant just for, like, I know, but most teams that will be trading for him. He'll be the best pick defenseman. Even McAvoy. Like, I think McAvoy is, McAvoy is better than Carlson. Fox.
0: Like... If you think about the teams that would trade for Carlson, most of them already have top-end defensemen.
1: I still think he's going to win the Norse this year, though.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it's hard to give it to a guy that is putting up that amount of points. Sorry, it's hard not to give it to a guy that is putting up that amount of points regardless of the fact that he's not great defensively. Uh, it's That 10.5 would be so tough to move. And concerning, he's not a UFA this year, like most of um, the players that are getting moved. Like Kane's also ten point five, right? But he's a UFA at the end of this year. Eric Carlson, like you said, has got four more years left, and he's what thirty two. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's a tough it's a tough contract and age to trade for for a player like that. Although I do think he's a, a top caliber player. He's just not very well rounded so we'll see i don't think he ends up getting traded just because of that cap hit and age there so
1: yeah fair enough all right so before we kind of hop into canucks talk there's two topics i kind of wanted to get your opinion on mcdavid's having an, an unguardly year he's doing mcdavid things uh at this point is is he the most skilled player to ever play the game he has 115 points in 61 games already 50 goals he's doing things that we haven't seen in a really long time
0: in my opinion there's he's the best player to play ever like the most skilled player to play we're 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 seeing him do things on a nightly basis that no one else would even think to pull off like that spin around at the blue line the other game that was just ridiculous like, who does that and then can score off of it? Like, or set up someone else? Um, yeah, I think we're witnessing greatness. And I think it's very important to acknowledge that because, you know, we don't want to take it for granted. He's not just a generational player. Like, well, I guess, yeah, generational player is the right word because there's no one else quite like him that has the combination of speed and hands. And, just the ability to think the game at the same pace that he plays it is unbelievable. So, um, I don't know what your thoughts are on him being the most skilled player, but that like, that's what I
1: think anyways. No, he definitely is. And and just to let everyone know, like we're, we understand the whole Gretzky thing and we're, and we, we're, we're safe about that. And like Gretzky is still the goat. Don't get me wrong. I I I I can speak for Cam as I just heard his opinion. I think Connor is the best player to ever play the game. Because I feel like the stat that I'm about to bring up is is going to prove itself. Let's say let's take Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby's played he's he's played 1100 games. I'm not going to go I'm not going to count how many seasons that is. But in however many seasons he's played up to this date, he has 600 point seasons. Connor McDavid has played I think this is his eighth season, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, depends if you're counting full seasons, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. And he has six hundred point seasons, (laughs) and and I think that's about half of what Crosby's played, right? So, the the guy's under.
0: I feel as though Connor McDavid is creating so many Edmonton Oilers fans. That's the only thing I can say I don't like about the guy Uh, is every time I ask a kid, I'm like, "Who's your favorite player? Who's your favorite team?" More than fifty percent of the time, it's oh Connor McDavid, oh Edmonton Oilers. Like, bro, you live in Vancouver. Like, <laughs> how do you not like the Canucks? And that—that's just my opinion on that. Like, if I feel like if you live in Vancouver, you should cheer for the Canucks. But you know, my cousin's an Edmonton Oilers fan for the Giants. When I interview kids after, after their their game and the intermission, you know, I get tons of Edmonton Oilers Connor McDavid responses as their favorite player or favorite team. So he is. He's definitely one of a kind, and he's creating hockey fans and Edmonton Oilers fans, which I think is great for the game, but not so great because we want less Oilers fans. But yeah, I think that kind of wraps up all of the general NHL stuff that we wanted to get into. It took a while, but... so it did take a while. But uh, moving into the Canucks, we had a uh, couple games over the weekend, including one last night. Uh, Where do we want to start? We want to start with the
1: Nashville-St. Louis kind of series there, those two games. I'm going to be honest, I watched both those games and I couldn't really tell you what happened in those games. We beat Nashville, right?
0: Well, yeah, we, no, we, sorry, we lost to Nashville in a shootout and we beat St. Louis in overtime. Both of those games we scored. In the last minute? With (laughs) Yeah, I think we scored two goals in the Nashville game to to tie it up. Yeah, I believe Garland tipped one in and then uh, Kuzmenko scored with like 30 seconds left on the clock in the Nashville game and St. Louis game to tie it up and send it to overtime. And and combine that with the fact that they scored the OT winner yesterday, you know, Kuz- Kuzmenko's kind of killing the tank
1: here. Well, yeah, like we're going the last bit of each game losing and he has to come and tie it up in the last minute of both games, so but you know what? That's and this is the reason why I wanted to trade him in the first place. No, I knew yeah, I
0: how did that not change my I love Kuzmenko oh, and I hate that he scored those goals but he looks so happy like that is like honestly the brightest spot of the Canucks this year is either Pedersen or Kuzmenko for sure and just Kuzmenko's face and celebrations when he scores it's the best and it it completely like makes my night as a Canucks
1: fan even though I want to lose but you can just tell that dude loves scoring I love his celebrations when we're on, like on the road because it's so quiet in the arena and he's just selling his heart out.
0: I know, he loves scoring, that's what I mean. Like and you can just tell he he loves a game of hockey and so it's it's hard not to cheer when he scores that OT winner. Or sorry, not the OT winner, but like well just when he scores in general. But those games, that's where those are games you gotta lose. The the last three. Or at least I think out of the Dallas, St. Louis game and Nashville game, we got a five out of possible six points. Which is not good. It's like, not helping the tank. No, I, no, I would have liked to get three out of six points there, hundred percent. So,
1: yeah, going kind of, kind of. Oops, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna throw it over to Seelovs. Uh, I think he's looked really good the last the last couple of games he's played. I do think that next year he really should be in the AHL and get a full season under there. But I'm kind of excited for what Seelovs can be because he's still 21, right? So he's pretty young and he's already looking very promising because he had that the one uh, did he he played the Boston game right yeah he played the Boston, and he only game. let in two goals so I thought that was a uh, I thought he's looked really good so far
0: yeah I, I agree with you and but I don't necessarily agree that I would like to see him in the AHL next year if he's come up to the NHL this year and proved that he can be a viable option then why not have him in the NHL this year next year and take a load off of Demko, right? He's Demko's been dealing with an injury this year and yeah, but you know, instead of having to give Demko 65 games or whatever, you know, he he played a lot last year when we couldn't rely on Halak. So it'd be nice to have a a, a reliable backup in Silovs and then possibly transition him into a starter if next year we still want to trade Demko possibly. So I would like to see Silovs in the NHL next year.
1: See, I'll go against that because I would rather have Seelox play as many games as he can. I don't really want a 22-year-old as our backup goalie's He's pretty much riding bench the majority of the season while Demko plays, like you said, 60 games. So I would, I'd rather just let him develop and have the full season in the AHL, like, that's, and that's not going to hurt him. I think that's the best move, in my opinion, is to let him have as many games and be the starter, the main guy down in Abbotsford, and then... If we do want to trade Demko next next offseason or, or next season and maybe even the season after?
0: Yeah, I think it depends what we want to do with Demko. If we get to next year and the Canucks are struggling again and you know Demko doesn't really want to come back, then I think C- having C- Loves in the NHL next year is the right move. Um, if we're going to trade Demko next year, like at the deadline or something, because if you think about it, when... Demko's first year in the NHL. I believe he was a backup to Markstrom as well. That was uh, the year COVID shut down. He was was already 24 at the
1: time.
0: I know, but I know goalies, you don't have to rush goalies into the NHL. They develop at their own pace, but I I don't think it'd be bad to get Seelov's 20 NHL games next year, even 25. I think getting him in the NHL is the right move. And I know you can make the argument for uh, you got to give him as many games as possible and I, I partially agree with that and definitely for this year sending him back down is the right move but yeah it kind of depends on what we want to do with demco if we're going to ride with demco and try to be you know somewhat decent next year then sure have have sealaws in the AHL the way we're trending i don't think we're going to be decent next year and in that case i wouldn't mind trading demco and having sealaws as a backup for you know half the year three quarters of the year and then transition him into the starter. So I think that's what I'd like to see happen.
1: Yeah, I can't believe I'm disagreeing with the goalie guy right now. That's fine.
0: You can what, what you can disagree know, with though? the goalie know, guy, though? but
1: <laughs> it means you're it means you're most likely wrong. Never wrong. But last <laughs> night we saw Demko play his first game as a as or not the first game, obviously, but he returned to the lineup. It was kind of said for a while that he was gonna be at the backup for a little bit and then work his way into the lineup. But then they just kind of played him. He looked really good, though. He only let in four goals in on 38 shots, I think it was. But yeah, it was weird because I didn't think he was going to be playing. And I turned the game on and he was just in net. So it was a nice surprise. And it kind of killed the tank, though, because we won.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I do like the the move to start him though. There's no point in flying him out to Dallas for a one game series to to back up. So as soon as I heard he was coming to Dallas, I assumed he'd be the starter. I, I wasn't. You know, set on it, but it, it's a tough, tough style to fly someone out just to have them back up when you could have just started Sea Loss one more game or even started Delia. But yeah, I agree with you, Demco. Man, I really hope we don't go on a tear here with him.
1: Oh no, me neither. And you know what? I definitely see that happening. But in the last twenty-two games, how many games are you playing him? Oh.
0: Half. Yeah, so you're a little over half. Little of
1: Ten. That's a little under half, but no, it's it's. Um,
0: <laughs> I would have said like eleven f- out of twenty-two, fifteen. So a, a lot over half. Yeah, no, eleven's half. That's only four games over half. Okay, so you want to win fifteen more games this year? <laughs> no, we're not going to win every yeah, game, please, man. You never know. Like with this, with this defense, we're we're rolling out five AHL caliber defensemen. So with this defense, I
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely, but the players, defensemen are, yeah.
0: But yeah, I think Demco coming back, I don't know, it might hurt us in the long run in terms of getting a better pick. Moving on from the Canucks in the last couple days to kind of what we did today and recently with our trades. Which trade do you want to talk about first? The Shen trade, most recent, yeah, might as well just get into Shen. Sure. Um, so Shen today was traded to Toronto for a third round pick,
1: as we already mentioned. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I can say I hope Shen has a very healthy time in, in uh, Toronto. And all of his passes are tape to tape. And that's all I can wish for him. I don't I don't wish for him to win the cup. I don't wish for them to uh, do well. So, Shen, I hope your team loses. But I hope you play very well. And I hope you like your time in Toronto.
0: Agreed. And then I think, I, I hope that, you know, you want to come back here in the offseason. Oh, so. yeah, we'll see
1: you next year, man. We, we love you, Shen. Yeah, Luke, we'll see you next year, bud. But uh, kind of going on what we got in return, as a Canucks fan, obviously, I I was hoping we'd get more than third. But realistically, for what Shen is, like, he's worth a third. So I, I'm i not surprised that's what we got from him, but a man can hope.
0: Yeah, it's I'm kind of the same way. It's I was hopeful we'd get a second. I knew a first was out of the question, even though there was rumors about it earlier on in the year. And a second was possible, but unlikely. But I was hopeful for it, like you said. So I think a third is realistic, and I'm happy with it. Uh, so we got the third in return, which you know, kind of leads us into our next trade. We managed to trade Riley Stillman for a former third-round pick. I love to see it. Josh Bloom. You love to see it. I know. You love to see it. So we essentially traded Jason Dickinson and a second round pick for Josh Bloom. I'm entirely happy with that.
1: Oh, for sure. It's 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 hard to be mad about that one.
0: Yeah. And like the fact that we didn't have to keep Stillman's 1.5 on the books for another year and the fact that we don't have to watch him play in a Canucks uniform ever again. Yeah, I was again, just about to say hopefully. that.
1: Besides next year, like who cares? I don't have to watch another game of Ryan Stillman. <laughs>
0: I know, uh, poor guy, we're just hating on him But he deserves it Be good Sure, you know what, <laughs> I wish you all the best in Buffalo, man But I'm happy we got this Josh Bloom guy, former third round pick Of the Sabres It's a weird
1: trade for Buffalo I
0: don't get it, from, from Buffalo's perspective, I don't get it But from a Canucks perspective, I Great love trade. it We got this guy who was a captain Of his OHL team The Saginaw Spirit Is he the next captain? Um, is he our next captain? Is he the next captain? no <laughs> He was a captain for the first 19 games of uh, of them this year, and then they, they traded him, and he's been over a point per game since he got traded to his new team. You know what? He's, he's Canadian, so he obviously didn't make the World Junior team, but you know, World Junior
1: team was was pretty stacked this There's year. There's really not much to complain about this trade because we're getting rid of our worst defenseman and we're bringing in a prospect. It doesn't matter how good the prospect really is. It could have been a seventh-round pick from four years ago. I don't really care. like. The main part of this trade for me is that we are at a Stillman in the cap and we're bringing in someone for the future. And that's what I've and that's what we've been banging this drum for about this management is just to do these kind of trades.
0: Like asset trades, you know,
1: so I'm happy with it. Well, another piece to that, just to kind of add on. The one thing that I really love seeing about this trade was that how pissed off Buffalo fans were that we got this guy <laughs> going through. I love making a trade yeah. and then watching the other team be so oh, mad. That's about the first it, thing like. I do, just to see how they if they actually liked the guy, what they thought about him, and every single one of them was pissed at. It wasn't even because we they traded him for Stillman; is because they got rid of him. So that's always that's always a very good thing. to see.
0: Yeah, so they seemed uh, the Buffalo fans seem to like Josh Bloom as a prospect. So I'm Holy definitely man. happy that we acquired him. Yeah, cool name. Seems like a a good guy. So, you know what? Moving on to our next trade, I don't think uh, Rangers fans were very happy about that either. Yeah.
1: Uh, Vitaly Krasov to the Vancouver Canucks for a seventh round pick and Will Lockwood.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely gonna miss Will. Uh, he was an energy guy, but like we saw, he got a shot in the NHL, and you know it was pretty clear as day he was never gonna. Yeah be anything more than an energy fourth liner
1: as much as i liked uh, will lockwood as well like it, well, I like, like him, you yeah. said he i don't think he was ever going to be more than a fourth line guy that like we all wanted him to be the next Tyler Mott, and i think that even even what Tyler Mott was i don't think lockwood will ever be but yeah we acquired
0: Vitaly Kraftstoff for basically you know what we said a, a seventh round pick and will lockwood will lockwood and I personally don't know much about Kraftstoff other than the Rangers. He was a highly touted prospect. You know, he was tanked ninth overall in 2018, only two picks behind Quinn Hughes. And I know he hasn't worked out with the Rangers because of, you know, attitude issues and the fact that uh, he's requested a trade Won't and go down the Cause he did not get time in the top six, but yeah, like doesn't like playing in the AHL. He'd per he, he, Last year, he got sent down to the AHL and chose back to chose to go back to the KHL. So he seems kind of like he maybe has a bit of an attitude issue, but you know what? It's a it's a low risk,
1: high reward trade for the We're Canucks. Got him for free. We weren't going to re-sign Lockwood, yeah. I don't think, and the seventh round pick was never. It's nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I have a, I have a, my buddy's a Rangers fan, and uh, he gave me a little. Report on Kraftstoff. So I'll quickly go over that. You know, in his draft year, he was excellent. He played in the KHL at age 17. He didn't have the best year. He put up seven points in 35 games that year, but 11 points in 16 games in the playoffs that year. So as like a 17, 18 year old, that's unreal in the KHL, and that's what rose his draft stock. Ultimately, that playoff performance. Um, led to him being picked number nine overall in 2018 you know just going off on his strengths a little bit here Um, he's pretty skilled with the puck he he's a very good puck handler and his deking is nice got decent speed but uh he's a he's a he's good with the puck essentially is what my buddy says he's a good passer and he's good with the puck on his stick Weaknesses, though, he says he does not have a good shot and uh, not great defensively. He also doesn't play up to his frame. He's 6'4", 194 pounds and loses more puck battles than he'll win. So well, that's kind of the breakdown on Krastov. Um He also kind of mentions that he's a perimeter player, um, which is not exactly what the Canucks need. but. Like we said, we didn't really give up much for him. So if if Craftstop doesn't end up working out, it's okay. You know, it's a low risk, high reward kind of trade where, you know, if Craftstop ends up being what he was touted to be when he was drafted, great. Then we got him for practically nothing. But, you know, if he ends up being not very good and you know, we don't re sign him or just end up cutting him, then not cutting him, sorry, not re signing him because he's an RFA at the end of this year, then so be it.
1: But I think Krasov will work better in Vancouver than he did in New York because of the the young Russians that we've got here. And I understand that New York also had their Russians. They had Panarin and Sisterkin. and I might be missing one. But it's it's different when the Russian players are superstars and they're kind of like the main players on the team where he comes over here and... The Russians are going to be Kuzmenko and Podkolzin and Sergey Gonchar is our, our assistant coach. And then he's got Klimovich in the A. Klimovich is Latvian. Uh, I don't think he is. No, that's Silas yeah, is Latvian. I'm I messing that up. He's Belarusian. Bella, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be a good fit here. Oh, and Mikhaev. We still have Mikheyev here as well. I think that's he's right. going to fit in a lot better here. Uh, it's just as much as we can get him going. Uh, let's see if Taka can really work with him and pretty much get him back to what he was when he was drafted because and even when he went back to the KHL the, the last year he put up 13 points in 19 games 10 points in 15 games in the playoffs so it's still there like he's, he's playing good
0: oh yeah he's got the yeah. talent and um that's kind of what my buddy says also he's he has the talent it's he never got the opportunity to succeed in New York he kind of was kind of buried on that fourth or third line never got power play time and you see with the Canucks, he's already getting um, solid minutes in power play two. Not quite power play one yet, but obviously he's only been here for like what three days. Um he's playing he played with Besser and Dries yesterday, which isn't a bad line. I would like to see him maybe with Garland. Um, someone that can w- work a little harder considering um, what I'm reading in this report is that's one of his main flaws, is the fact that he doesn't always want the puck. He doesn't always want to seem to go get the puck. But if he plays with someone like Garland that can four check hard and get the puck on his stick, then hopefully he can have more success in, in Vancouver here. Yeah, so. and he,
1: he also played last night in Dallas and he barely played. I think he played like about eight minutes. And same, same as Puck and he played eight minutes. And apparently Atu Ratu only played like four minutes the whole game, which is a little very odd. I don't know what the point of having Ratu and the in the NHL then, if we're only playing in four minutes, there's no point in having him up in the main roster if he's just Ryan Pine the whole game.
0: Agreed, and he even managed to get an assist in that, like uh, yeah, in the in those four minutes yeah. or whatever. So it was yeah.
1: it, I, like if we're gonna have these guys up here, we and and especially because we have Oman playing twenty minutes and Pedersen's playing over twenty, obviously, and same as Quinn and Kuzmenko's playing twenty. Like, I don't think we need to be pushing these guys at this part of the year to. Play this many games. Um, if we're gonna have, if we're gonna have yeah. Paul Colson and even Krasov in the lineup with Ratu, we might as well see what we got with them and give them at least more than ten minutes each. So, I thought that. that yeah, I was gonna say at, was, at least ten. Yeah, minutes. Yeah, it was a little disappointing just to, just to see that. But at the end of the day, um, I understand the team's still like the players and the coaches are still trying to win games. So,
0: yeah, just gonna wrap this up now. I pretty, I think that ends our kind of discussion about the Canucks and our recent moves and kind of what we want to see going forward. Um, but there was one other thing. There was a uh, interview with Bruce Boudreau that got done on uh, Donnie and Dolly's show. What were your, what were your thoughts on that? I know you brought that up last podcast.
1: Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to get more into this one, but I I didn't realize this week was actually trade deadline week. I guess that was kind of a bad setup on, on my part. Just just touching on this but at the end of the show here, um, no, it just sounded like he really enjoyed his time. I understand that the way the management kind of greeted him at the very end of it, everyone was, they, we all felt bad for him, but I think he, he, by the sounds of it, he loved it here and he loved our fans, so, and, uh, and all those fan bases that say we're the worst fan base, go ask Bruce, go see what Bruce says, all right?
0: yeah <laughs> he actually he compared our fan base to jt miller he's like we're very passionate and uh we can be hard to watch sometimes when we're not doing too well and uh hard on the management and players and coaches when we're not doing too well but when we're winning we're a fan base that is nice to have and is is fun to he, be around
1: he compares so, us to jt yeah well like not nah, like man maybe i take that back, back. straight up maybe like maybe he, we aren't that great <laughs> no I'm- I like Team Miller. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely see Bruce broadcasting for sure. He'll he'll get on hockey night or sports night or something for the remainder of his career. But usually I don't like it when our I hated when our players were going to Calgary. Calgary needs a coach or it sounds like Calgary needs a coach. If Bruce went there, like by all means, man. Like I wanna see this guy coaching even more. Like he deserves it. Yeah, he's a great guy and it sounded like everyone loved him. So honestly,
0: I, I wish him success. With whatever he decides to do, whether it be with the NHL Network, like he mentioned at in that interview, or he did say he would be open to coaching again. So if a team wants to bring him on, then uh, I'll be cheering for that team as long as it's not the the, least. the
1: sad truth is, I don't think he will be. I think I think his career's done. Yeah. Right, wrap it
0: up. You want to wrap me? That being said, guys, I think this Bruce topic was. Mm the last one that we wanted to get in here we wanted to start the show off with uh talking about all the trades and then moving into the canucks trades that we made we went so a little bit
1: longer than we wanted to
0: we did and between now and friday there are probably going to be more trades crossing my fingers for a besser trade i, I want to get him out of here but it doesn't sound like it'll be the penguins unfortunately that being said that wraps up our show for today Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you next Wednesday.